0: Let me tell you today about Anchor, the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, or you can record it on another device or platform and transfer it to Anchor. It will distribute your podcast for you through Apple Podcasts or Spotify, and you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast right in one place.
1: Welcome in. Welcome into the show. Uh, I'm David. That's Art. That's Eric. Welcome back to another episode. Notice that I'm not saying welcome into the five tool fantasy baseball podcast. Uh, We've gone over a cosmetic change here. Um, So before I go into that, let's uh, my co-hosts, Art and Eric, how you guys doing? Uh another week without baseball, another week with Tommy John surgery. The usual.
0: I'm doing great. I'm spending more time with my kids than I ever have. <laughs> 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 life's pretty good. Uh uh life's pretty good. You know, there's there's little little hidden benefits other other than being stuck indoors, but I'm great. How you doing, David?
1: Doing well. Um Happy to, uh, we're all healthy and staying safe, and um, you know it is allowing us to spend more time with our loved ones locked in. So, got make the most of it that we can. Um, so, like we said off the top, um, new intro. Uh, it's a, uh, it's a kind of a, like I said, a big cosmetic change here. We are no longer the Five Tool Fantasy Baseball Podcast. We are now the Triple Play Fantasy Baseball Show. Um, we are part of the triple play fantasy um, sports, just uh, everything in one. We have a football show. We have a basketball show, a baseball show. Um, the reason for the name change uh, is unfortunately, uh, well, baseball uh, pod on Twitter put out a, a baseball podcast tournament and uh, we saw five tool on there uh, and we found out that there's a similar five tool podcast run on fantracks by Eric, Jesse, and Jake. I've listened to their show uh, since then. They're really good. You should check them out. Um, but just for confusion and any problems in the future, we didn't want to uh, have the same name with them. We wanted it to be our own brand. Uh, so we are making the switch to Triple Play Fantasy. Um, again, with a Triple Play Fantasy baseball show on Twitter, we have an official Twitter now for our page. You can follow us at at Trip Play fantasy. That's T-R-I-P-P-L-A-Y-F-A-N-T-A-S-Y. There will be interactive. We'll be answering questions. We'll be posting content. Um, So please send in any questions you have for the show over our Twitter handle, and uh, we'll be happy to answer them. Uh, We also encourage people to listen to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Uh, we've gotten a, a couple nice reviews from fans, so if you have any questions on there, you can submit them, and we always appreciate really good reviews. Um, that was a mouthful. Uh, I'm ready to get going. Are you guys ready? Yeah. Reviews are as good as endorsing someone on LinkedIn. Think about how good that feeling is and uh, and spread the wealth. I like it. I like it. Mm. Uh, let's go into our news and notes. David, whenever this comes on, I can imagine you uh, having a stack of papers and putting them against the desk. Did you you just try to talk over my drop? I did. I did. Go back to podcasting 101. (laughs) What did you, what were you saying? I said, I, I imagine when that music comes on, you're sitting at your desk, you're hitting your papers against it, checking that your earpiece is good and getting ready to deliver the news. Whatever visual helps you sleep at night, man. It's it's all that matters to me. Um, So our first bit of news, can't go a week without another TJ. Uh, Sir Anthony Dominguez is the culprit this week. Underwent Tommy John surgery. He is out indefinitely. Any fantasy implications of this, guys? (laughs) I won't draft him as a joke with my last round pick.
0: Sir Anthony has had moments over the last two seasons where he's been the Phillies closer. He might be, he might be their best reliever, uh, but he has been inconsistent. He's a guy who I fully expected to have around with closer this year. Although with their new manager, Girardi, he's not going to mess around with the bullpen as much as Kapler did. Kapler was a notorious bullpen messer arounder. Uh Girardi's Lord. Girardi sticks with a guy. Um, if it if it ended up becoming Sir Anthony, he would have been their closer for the whole season, probably. I think he could have kept it. But, um, you know, he, he's he, it was only a slight chance he was going to get. I don't think there's much relevance.
1: You know when a player does well for you and you're really satisfied? I think he was the most satisfying reliever I've ever owned. The year that he like came onto the scene, I picked him up and he was getting like, you know, uh, 1.2 inning save with four strikeouts, and he was just, I thought he was the next big thing. I loved seeing him dominate for the little bit of time he did. Yeah,
0: he was great during that 2018 season.
1: Um, so we wish him all the best. Hope he gets well, recovers well. Um, you know, it won't be baseball for a while, so maybe we'll see him in 2021. Um, going to our other piece of news and notes. The uh, MLB has agreed to pay the minor leaguers each weekly $400 salaries until May 31st. This is because minor leaguers are not obviously having a season as of right now. Um, and their pay is obviously affected from this. Uh, so one thing I want to bring up for this is uh, uh, Shin Chu is paying $1,000 to every single Rangers minor leaguer. I think it's applauding that type of generosity. Um, think about how many minor leaguers are in that system. Um, that's going to, cost a pretty penny, so um, Shinsu, should we applaud those acts of yeah. here well on done. the uh, the Triple Play Fantasy Baseball show? Um, any thoughts, guys, on what MLB is doing um, and uh, what your thoughts on all this is? $400
0: a week isn't that much money. Um, Fifty Over 52 weeks, that's like a $20,000 a year job. I mean, it's nice that they're getting something, but you know, that's not enough for these guys to live off of
1: in a lot of places. Right. And I think it's important to know it's only also until May 31st. So it's not even like it's for the season. Oh, they're getting $20,000 through the end of May. Yeah, it's $400 a week until May oh, 31st. Oh, yeah, $400 a week. That's, yeah, that's, they're
0: going to have to negotiate again at the end of May if this is continuing.
1: That's, that's grocery and rent money yeah yeah with a roommate (laughs) uh on that subject um there is uh if you look uh you can go online um i heard this actually on the uh cbs podcast from uh ellen adair joined the show um and you can actually adopt a minor leaguer um she brought this up um it's actually really cool um so if you go onto their, uh, their website, the minor league website, they give you a link to be able to adopt a minor league or you basically, you give them money, um, to, uh, basically help them out with their, you know, not necessarily their bills, but you can help pay for things. Um, and you're kind of like connected with that player. Um, you're it's randomly. So you don't pick who you want. You could get paired with a, a Philly single a prospect um, but it's supposed to be to help these guys out, especially a lot of them, they don't have another job. So, um, if you look into that, just go, um, you should be able to go to the MILB website and they should be able to give you a link, um, to help adopt these minor leaguers.
0: That's really cool. That's yeah. really cool. If anyone's able to to do that, that's, that's great. These guys, they don't make a lot when they're, when they're in the low minors, they don't make that much money to begin with. And so this is a, uh, this is probably a tough time for them
2: yeah
1: um make it sound like so it's it's adopt a minor leaguer yeah (laughs) i I thought it was a They could have a better way of of wording that
2: i'm just thinking Uh, about like like...
1: it being on four legs and trotting in and me like feeding at dinner yeah Art, can you talk for a second what can you talk for a second
2: (laughs) get the life nerd
1: (laughs) (laughs) need to make sure we have that in there um yeah so uh so our main topic today, we were going to get into. Um, we were going to talk about, or we are talking about, um, basically in a uh, in any points league you're in, we're looking at the rounds one through five players according to uh, Fantasy Pros, and we did this. Actually, we had a special guest, uh, Alex Fast from Pitchers List. Uh, we had an absolute blast recording with him. Um, he's writing. He's just written some great content. I encourage you guys to check out uh, his CSW piece. Uh, he actually made up a metric um, that's being used now. Um, he's just He was a great guy, great interview, um, and we went in-depth with uh, each of the first five rounds of guys that he's looking to target and guys he's looking to stay away from. So when you do your fantasy drafts, whether they're now, whether they're closer to the season, um, these are guys that he's looking at um, – to draft or to to not to draft. Um, So we're going to get off here because we actually had a lengthy interview with him. He was with us for our question of the week, our game that Art did a really nice job hosting. Um, Remember, if you have any questions you want to send to us, we're at tripplayfantasy on Twitter. Uh, We're going to have another guest for our next show. Uh, I'm not going to spoil it. So you'll see next week. Uh, anything you guys want to say before we get out of here? Weekly shout out to Jeff McNeil. Jeff, you are the man. Hope you're doing safe during this quarantine. And, uh, we will be tweeting you again this week. Is he, is doing safe an actual term? I hope he's being safe. I hope his family's safe. I hope everybody he knows is safe. Eric, if it came down to you or Jeff McNeil getting the coronavirus, would you take it for Jeff McNeil? Uh, TBD. (laughs) Okay, well uh again we thank you everybody for listening please tune in next week again we have another special guest thanks again for alex for his time we had a blast Uh, we will catch you guys next week enjoy uh our in-depth analysis and talk with alex fast all right we welcome in alex fast you might know alex is vice president over at pitchers lists also know he co-hosts the corner um, during the week on the corner and also hosts weekend editions of first pitch um, he's a fantasy sports writer uh, he won fantasy sports writer association i can't even speak it's a fantasy sports Writer association award winner for his awesome article on csw rate and for your you turkeys that don't know what that is that's called strikes plus whiffs but um, you might not know is he's a diehard orioles fan and we just found out this Uh, today actually that he grew up 30 minutes apart from Eric and I um, and we actually might have the same breed of dog so uh, yeah that was
2: thank you for that very kind introduction that was a very surreal moment I showed my wife the photo of your dog and she legitimately thought of it was a photo of our new puppy that she had never seen before and uh, and it's nice to talk to some fellow Marylanders I I imagine you're like me and that you have a healthy obsession with this state for some bizarre reason
1: (laughs) Beers and Beers. bows, man. Yes, That's what indeed. we do. Yes, yeah. indeed. We know Alex is a loyal oh. guy because he's a diehard Orioles fan in this time.
2: Yes. Sadly. Sadly, I am. I even have my cover photo on Twitter as one of my favorite photos ever of Robert Andino and the the misery that the Orioles brought him because that represents all of us.
1: <laughs> it, it, I'll, I will say this. It's definitely to have the Orioles proud and representative on all your pages and stuff. It's It's definitely a Great. true fan. Um is before we get into the is there I, I kind of uh I'm interested. In, what is your gut for their timeline? Do you think like how far away are they from contending? Oh,
2: that's a great question. Um you know, I, I'm starting to see some positive change in terms of what they're doing with their pitching, which is really exciting. Um there there is, you know, there are things to be hopeful about. Uh, in terms of their hitting, right? I mean, like Austin Hayes is, is is pretty real deal, and that's really exciting. Obviously, we have Adley coming up in a few years, but like, I think people automatically just assume that the Orioles are terrible because you know we are, but our hitting isn't that bad. We're we're actually middle of the pack in terms of K rate. You know, Hanser Alberto is an on base machine. Anthony Santander still has some you know pop to him. Trey Mancini, you know, knock on wood, assuming he gets healthy, is still uh, very very viable. Um, I can see us getting competitive in like two or three years. I think this year obviously is a wash, assuming it happens next year is another wash, and then maybe at the end of the uh, you know 2022 season we might start to see the fruits of our labor come to fruition a little bit.
1: Are you worried I- i've looked at some of their prospects. I don't see too much high end pitching in their farm system or are, are there guys that you're looking at that could provide, um, you know, uh, you think big dividends for their, um,
2: staff? yeah, you know, it, it's actually kind of funny. One of the guys that I was really excited about over the course of spring training, who kind of just popped up for me, was Bruce Zimmerman. Um, he's got this slider. That's like absolutely filthy that I had no idea about. And it was, I think it got Austin Meadows to K twice on which both times just did a fantastic job locating it down in away. Um, So, yeah, that's kind of exciting. Dean Kramer is, is you know, he's exciting. I saw him a little bit in the Arizona Fall League, and he was kind of fun to watch. I don't know if he's going to have the same ceiling that people are expecting of him. And then I genuinely believe that Hunter Harvey could end up being, like, our closer of the future for the next three or four years.
1: That's the name I've been hearing a ton of. Um, and, and from what I've heard, he's been looking really mm-hmm. nasty, too. Yeah, I mean,
2: think about it. You know, just a guy um, with great shine and, you know, just plagued by injuries. We've never really been able to see him work fully. So, yeah, here's hoping.
1: Well, I don't know if we'll see any Orioles on this list that we're about <laughs> to get into right now. Uh, <laughs> but uh, what we're, we are kind of are talking about on today's show is we're looking at the, uh, the best and worst picks – from the first through fifth round, according to Fantasy Pro's ADP. Uh, so, Alex, I'd just like to get your thoughts. First, we look at the first round. Who are some guys that stick out to you um, if you're drafting in the first round of guys you want to get? And this is, keep in mind for everybody, this is a 12-team.
2: Um, so, are we taking into account the probably shortened season, I imagine?
1: Yes, that's a very good question. So, let's, let's take into account that, um, you know, whether it's a quarter of the games, half the games, it will be. a short Yeah. Game.
2: OK, great. I mean, so uh, if what I'm targeting in the first round is a guy who's going to help contribute to all five categories. I mean, that's a little more pertinent to Roto for uh, points leagues. I'm obviously going to weigh home runs a little bit more. Um mm-hmm. I I'm really not a guy who's buying into the Acuña over Trout. I'm personally still taking Trout at 1-1. Uh in the shortened season, I think even more so and in a points league even more so because we don't have to worry about the stolen bases as much um and Trout is uh, you know probably going to be healthy for this stretch of games. Uh and then later on if I, you know, maybe if I'm picking 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, Because, once again, points league shortened season, I'm not necessarily going to go for Trey Turner. I'm probably going to lean story a little bit more or Lindor to get that power and get myself a really good shortstop to start off with.
1: Now, for Francisco Lindor, do you think with the shortened season that he stays with Cleveland the whole year? And if that's the case, would his production suffer since there's a little bit less protection around Um, him? Than if you were like on the yeah
2: I, I do think I mean that's a great question about what's gonna happen with trades I mean I guess we have no idea when the trade deadline would even theoretically be um, I, you know I don't know if guys if organizations are going to want to just go for broke in the two-month season um, uh, it's it's a really interesting question especially because I know talks broke down with Francisco Lindor in terms of his I would at least now probably assume he's going to stay with Cleveland because they might think, Hey, shortened season, we're going to have a healthy Clevenger. We're going to have a healthy Carrasco. We can compete with the twins and maybe pull one off. And yes, while you're right, the bottom of that order is, is not great. He's still got, you know, Mercado and Santana and Jose uh, Ramirez and Fran Reyes right behind him leading off. So I think he's still going to be pretty productive.
1: So, on the same topic then what do you think of guys that you are kind of staying away from you'll be happy to let other people you draft in the first In the round first round,
2: Trey Turner is probably going to be one of them and uh, well okay, Trey Turner to still notes, Alex. <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry uh, Trey <laughs> Turner to me is the obvious answer there and then in terms of I, I just personally never take pitchers in the first round. It's just kind of not my thing even with the shortened season. Um, I, I just kind of like to sure up on hitting first knowing that there's going to be plenty of pitching available. So I guess I would go with Turner and then DeGrom and Cole as the three guys I'm not really interested in the first.
1: So if you had the 12th pick, would you be looking at the Garrett Cole on the back-to-back, or would you not... Unless Garrett Cole maybe fell midway second round, you wouldn't even be
2: looking at so in So in my... The great fantasy baseball invitational I drafted in the 15th spot and I did end up taking I think it was Bueller and Jose Ramirez but in the shortened season I'd feel more comfortable in the later rounds so I'm just going to load up on offense as much as possible so I'd probably you know if Arenado fell I'd take him but I'd also be more than happy to go with you know Soto Freeman Soto Bregman that's fine with me too
1: I think it's a very good point with the shortened season affecting pitchers a lot um you might have guys that are older that um, they might limit their innings, or they might, you know, they might kind of be a little more cautious uh, just because you don't know how pitchers are going to respond coming in, you know, whether it's late summer, early fall. Um, their timing mechanics could be messed up. I think um, a lot of these pitchers are going to be kind of gambles at that point because you don't know. And even especially a guy like Cole, who's going to be pitching in a, with a new team in a new ballpark. Um, there's no learning curve for these guys. There's no one month of the season to kind of get into the next four months of greatness. They have pretty much one month, probably two months in them.
2: Yeah. I I think one of the things, it's a great point. And I think one of the things that people are kind of, you know, uh, taking advantage or or not uh, paying enough attention to is the fact that like, these guys need to ramp up again. And, you know, we've been fortunate to talk to a few pitchers over the past couple of days, which has been great. But all the things that they keep saying to us is like, we're we're keeping our arm warm, but we have no idea when to start ramping up, when to start taking it seriously. And that to me just says that there's probably going to be another wave of injuries that happens a month or so before the season starts, which really sucks.
0: Yeah. Don't say that. (laughs) We've already had, we've already had a glut of Tommy Johns. We actually thought we might have a, an episode this week without another Tommy John until Sir Anthony Mm, Dominguez came along. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I thought that those inter- discussions with Jerry Blevins and uh, Trevor May were really interesting to talk about how those guys are handling the offseason. Uh, Jerry Blevins talking about throwing in the park with his mm. teammates, which I thought was great. That was a fantastic point. But, yeah, I mean, they got to stay warm somehow. But, um, yeah, it's going to be perhaps July when they start up. It's going to be the hot weather months. I mean, there's no c- cold April to start where the bats aren't quite warm yet perhaps that's one thought i've had about it so far that you're not getting a cold month where maybe pitching is a little bit of an advantage to start
2: yeah it's a great point and there, you're right there, there's far less room for error you know what i mean there's far, you know i remember last year there was a time where patrick corbin lost his fastball for five or six starts and he said it you, you know he said i didn't have the feel for my fastball and then he got it and it clicked and you know for him it's not a concern he's not going to lose his job because it's patrick corbin but you know some of the fringier guys you know uh, on, on bigger teams or some of the fringier guys, if they come up and they're not having success right away and teams are trying to be competitive, that's not going to be great for them. They need to figure it out quick.
1: Mm-hmm. There are a lot of good points, guys. And speaking of hitters that are brought up, we actually have a lot of hitters in round two. Uh, we have Bregman, we have Freddie Freeman, Fernando Tatis Jr., Jose Ramirez, Rendon, uh, a lot of good hitters uh, with a couple – you could say maybe the next tier of pitchers, uh, in this round. Um, so, uh, again, I'm going to ask who are first, uh, Alex guys that you are looking at to draft in round two.
2: If I wanted to go for a pitcher, I I, I kind of like uh, Strasburg, especially because it's going to be a truncated season because the biggest thing that people prevent people from drafting him is always going to be injury. So if you're telling me that it's going to be an 80 to 100 inning season for a pitcher, I have no doubt in my mind that Strasburg is going to be able to achieve that, assuming he gets healthy through spring training. Um, I loved what he did last year. I love the increased curveball usage. If he keeps that up, I think he's just going to be able to maintain a lot of the success that he had last year. Um, and then other than that, I mean, I, I just love Freddie Freeman. I think he plays in a park that's absolutely built for him. He's in arguably, aside the Dodgers, the best lineup in the, in, in baseball there. Um, so I'm all about that. Tatis is kind of an interesting gamble. I know a lot of people are really worried about that BABIP and whether or not that's sustainable. And, you know, he had an insane amount of infield hits last year. But guess what? He's still going to be as speedy as ever. So I'm not as concerned about that. But you're right. I mean, taking a look at this list, once again, if I'm forced to choose, I'm punting Scherzer, Verlander, Bueller, and Strasburg. Um, you know, if I had to take a picture, I said, like I said, Strasburg would be interesting to me. Um, but I'm probably going to go for hitter here because, like you said, there's just so much good value here.
1: Wait, so Alex, I agree on I with think- you about Strasburg. I think the extended delay of the season for how much he pitched last season. It might benefit nobody more than him. Hmm. I strongly disagree on Walker Bueller. I think no, Walker go Bueller is going to win the Cy Young this year, so I'm interested to hear why you're fading him because. He's younger, and, and they were starting to let him throw a lot more innings last year.
2: Um, yeah, I mean, it's a great point. I mean, listen, I, I have nothing against Walker Buehler whatsoever. I, I, I think my personal strategy is to punt pitching until a little bit later and then try and get a guy like Darvish as my ace. Um, for if, if people wanted to take Walker Buehler, I think that's uh, you know a great pick. I mean, like I said, I took him in my TG FBI draft. If I wanted to make a case that he was not going to win the Cy Young, I think for me personally, is he hasn't shown yet that he is going to showcase another pitch aside from his four-seamer, right? Uh, I, I mean, I, I don't know if there's... I don't think he even finished in the top 10 of starting pitchers last year, and he didn't make any changes in terms of his arsenal. So while I think the floor is incredibly sexy for Walker Bueller, I don't think there's anything that he's done um, in terms of his arsenal uh, that lead me to believe he's going to take that next step to then be a Cy Young candidate. Yeah.
1: That's a really good point. I think uh, talking about uh, he does have a high rate of his fastball, and I think it's interesting because anytime they lose velocity, and I'm not saying he's going to lose velocity on his fastball, but uh, I think the moment a tick or two comes off, it's a big difference if someone doesn't have a couple other good pitches. Yeah, totally.
2: I mean, like if you look at his – Last year, we saw a 50 innings pitched increase between 17 and 18 from him, right? And his swinging strike rate, which is a very sticky metric year over year, didn't really increase too drastically. His K rate only went up 1%. His swinging strike rate barely went up as well. So I, it's like I said, like if he said, hey, you know what? I'm actually going to increase this curveball usage a little bit. I'm going to throw it in OO counts a little bit more, steal a strike and uh, to to lead off an at bat. Then I'd be like, oh yeah, okay, this is a dude who's going to win the Cy Young. But until I see that change he's still going to be a a first round uh, pitcher in my mind, but I I don't know about Sio. Yeah. One,
1: one guy that sticks out to me this round, I'd like to hear your thoughts about Or Jose Ramirez. Are we getting the Jekyll or the high (laughs) Jose Ramirez? Cause it's a tail. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: That's, that's great. Like, I don't know if, if I don't know which, I know that Jekyll is the bad one, but is Jekyll the good one? Because he's like a freak. Who's going to like help us out even more. You know what I mean? What's the good one here?
1: (laughs) I was gonna say <laughs> I didn't think about it. Jek- Jekyll, I think, is the the good doctor guy, like the scientist. And oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Hyde just the yeah. yeah, yeah. Mister Hyde's Hyde the, yeah, Hyde the monster. Okay, great. It sounds like they'd be completely opposite. Although I sorry, got us completely off track there. Um, <laughs> No, I, I do think I really buy into some of the things that happened with him in the second half. Uh, I mean like I I this is entirely uh speculative, but you know, he had a kid and then after he had a kid, his numbers just like completely turned around. Um I think like in the second half, I don't remember what he was hitting exactly. Oh yeah, he was hitting like, yeah. In the first half he hit two eighteen, and the second half he hit three twenty-seven. Now, obviously, it was in 43 games as opposed to 85 games, but this is a guy who can hit in the 290s, 280s uh, plenty and still get you plenty of pop. The stolen bases, I think, you know, like I said, I don't know what's going to happen this year with the stolen bases, uh, but this is still a guy who's going to be able to give you a fair amount of, uh, of home runs and not kill your average.
1: And I heard that he made uh, an adjustment with his swing because I think they said he was trying mm-hmm. to do too much with the shifts. And he went back to kind of just how he was hitting uh, prior to all the shifts he was facing. And that helped too. I think he was pulling the ball a lot more again. Yeah, that's great. I mean,
2: if that's true and you're, you're probably right, then that's, that's great. I mean, he seems like such a smart hitter and player. He doesn't seem like kind of a a flash in the pan kind of guy to me.
1: Looking to, um, I'm sorry. uh, I didn't say anything. Okay. Um, Looking at, the next round round three this actually is my hmm. least favorite round um every mock draft i've done um you know whether i've gone hitter hitter pitcher pitcher one of each i look at this round and there's a, a lot of guys that i'm just not too excited about um where they're ranked so i'd be interested to hear um again guys that you think are going to be big for this round and the guys that you're looking
2: yeah great question um I, I, Clayton. Anytime you hear someone's going to drive line, you obviously get excited, right? So when you hear that arguably the best pitcher in the last decade and Clayton Kershaw is going to drive line this offseason, to me, especially when he's a guy who's been having some velo issues, especially last season, that is going to get me really excited. Now, when we take into account that we're going to have a truncated season in which he could theoretically throw all 100 innings, um, you know, maybe that back acts up a little bit. Um, but that's going to be the risk that you're going to take there. But if that velo is is what it was last year, or excuse me, two years ago, he obviously still has one of the best breaking pitches in baseball. It's going to be so important for him. I remember one of the things I, I looked up about Clayton Kershaw was that he was actually starting to get hammered in OO counts more last year than ever before because guys didn't want to get to that curveball anymore. Um, I think he's smart enough to know that, like, well, two things, a, the velocity in his fastball comes back and maybe it doesn't get hammered as much or B, maybe he mixes it up and throws that curveball to get ahead a little bit sooner. And we could just be seeing prime time Clayton Kershaw one more time. And I'm all about that. Plus you get your ACE at pick 33 after you've loaded up a little bit on hitting.
0: Yeah. I like, I, I like Clevenger and Corbin mm-hmm. for the same reasons, because you can get your ACE right there in the third round after two top 20, 25 hitters, uh, I think that that little range, if you're, if you're waiting on pitching a little bit, jump in right there and you might be able to get your team. One of the top five, top 10 pitchers.
1: I found it interesting too, that, uh, Mm. he didn't bring up Shane Beaver. I was doing a little research on Shane Beaver and I don't know what your thoughts are on him. He, I, he had a 90.4, uh, average exit velocity against him last year, which is a pretty high, um, contact rate. And, uh, he did have a 30% strikeout rate and, but they said he's working on a change up this offseason. season. Um, do you, I, I've heard a lot of people talking about uh, a potential kind of uh, that his metrics didn't match up to his actual uh, performance. So I would like to hear is, is Bieber a guy you think is the real deal or is he going to regress to a, a little bit more of a, maybe an average pitcher yeah that's a great, a great question pitcher.
2: I still think he has the ability to be a, a top 15 top 20 pitcher in the game because I think he has the arsenal to support that and, and you're totally right you hit the nail on the head in terms of his hard hit metrics right he was fourth in exit velocity and fifth in hard hit rate last year so it's no secret that when he gets hit he gets hit extremely hard I think people need to keep in mind I'm, I'm, I'm not negating that that's very important it's important to know that guys are getting demolished when they get hit mm-hmm. but hard hit rate only takes into account when he's allowing contact. You know what I mean? And he, he granted, yes, he doesn't give up a lot of soft contact, but he also is good at getting his swings and misses. His O swing jumped up from 32 to 35%. Um, his uh, Z swing or in zone swing jumped up as well. His Z contact or contact in the zone dropped, which is great to see. Yes. The four seamer can be a little bit scary. Like you said, the 40 point difference between the Woba and the X Woba definitely points towards some regression there. I don't think he necessarily needs uh, a change up I think you know between the uh, the four seam slider and, and curve um, he can still have success he, he played with the change up a little bit last year he threw it about 200 times um, and it was okay I, I, I think it's kind of more of a, a show me pitch than anything probably uh, highlights a different part of the plate but I still think that slider and curveball are elite enough that he's going to be able to have a lot of success
1: and he gets to play the Tigers and Royals a bunch yeah yeah Never hurts. Um, so, okay. So, who are guys in this round? My um, guys, staying I'm away staying
2: away from. Oh, man, that's a great question. I actually kind of like. A... Um, yeah, I don't think he's gonna have a terrible year, but I'll say Jose Altuve. Um, if I had to pick someone, probably him. I mean, I don't think he's going to be as bad as people think, but he's another guy where you're probably hoping for, you know, 10, maybe 12 stolen bases out of him Uh, actually at a truncated season. That's going to be a little bit less. Um, so I don't know. I, I just don't know if I'm in love with him. I'm also the biggest concern I had with him is like, I just think once the season starts, everyone's still going to hate the Astros and everyone's just going to be booing him at every single at bat. So I I don't know if I really want to deal with that headache. Mm -hmm.
1: Now, what about Pete Alonzo, someone who obviously set the world on fire last year and I think, you know, led the majors in home runs. Um, He's ranked as the 27th best player and excelled in a category that you can find a lot of uh, in home runs. Is he worth this high an investment when you might be able to find home Uh, runs? I will wait 30
2: picks and I'll take Matt Olson gladly.
1: That's what I was thinking. I, I feel like... Um, he's obviously earned the ranking he has, but I think that first base power hitter, plenty of them, let someone else take him and grab a more premium player or a a more, a player at a a more premium position. Uh, I I mean, you're,
2: you're right. I mean, look at like, why don't I wait and take Jose Abreu who's going to get me just as many home runs and pretty much the same average and theoretically have a more powerful offense behind him. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Good. Um, okay. So then let's transition to the fourth round. And again, this is an interesting group of guys. Um, so again, let's start off with which guys catch your eye. Oh boy.
2: Four. Uh, this one's a little bit scarier. huh? Um, oof. Um, I'd probably go Albie's. I think he he probably has uh you know he's got such fantastic upside to him. I, and like some of these other guys, it's kind of a little easier to say the guys. That I, it's like man, this isn't this isn't really a field that I'm all too interested in. <laughs> Albie's is still going to probably be high, uh, hitting high in that order, and like I said, one of the best lineups in all of baseball. He's still going to get you his fair share of home runs. Uh, he's probably. Yeah, the average is still going to be high, two eighties, low two nineties. A lot of you know the appeal for him is obviously going to be he had he had the potential over the course of a season to maybe be a twenty twenty guy. It's not going to happen this year, obviously, because of the shortened season. But I still think because of how shallow that position gets so soon, I would take Albie's.
1: I'm with you. I am a huge Albie's he- fan, and mm-hmm. David knows. And I, I think you're right on that. He's at the top of a good lineup. I know that he's prone to being streaky. I do agree with you. I think second base is a weak position. Um that I I swear we're having our notes very similar.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. It's the it ball is. Ball it's, yeah. Ball yeah. it's all that BJ Pumpernickels. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there there are only 3 guys in this round yeah. that don't scare me actually. And that was isn't that's Nola, Albies and Luis Castillo. And I think probably Castillo's Gonna get picked in the in the third. You're gonna to have to get them in, in the third if you want them. Um, and the other guys, everyone else is young or injured or he hasn't done it as many that many seasons in a row. And this is where you could really screw up your draft. You start to reach for somebody who you shouldn't. And like if you're messing rounds picks for your fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth round, you're not gonna be able to make that up. So I'm I'm staying away from these. Jordan Jordan Alvarez's and Blake Snell's at this point because I'm 100%
2: I couldn't agree with you more Blake Snell I'm staying away from Chris Bryant we don't know what's going on with that shoulder and if it saps his power at Alberto Modesty we don't know what's going on with him in terms of injury and we don't want to rely too much on stolen bases Austin Meadows I'm interested in but any guy I mean I don't think the the Rays are going to mess around too much with how much they play him so maybe I would take him judge yeah sure he'll be healthy when the season starts but for how long uh yeah I, I agree with you
1: there's a lot of guys in this run. And, and one guy that we didn't mention too is Whit Merrifield, who has excelled because he's been a balanced player. He's given a lot of stolen bases, but he's an arguably the worst lineup in baseball. Uh, he's getting older. So his stolen bases are going to go down. Um, he's not hitting for much power is, is he your least favorite guy in this round? or is there? Um, that,
2: he's like, definitely on the like low end. end. I like Alberto Mondesi a little bit less um, just because I think he, you know, he's not going to provide you some of the things that Merrifield is going to provide you. Um, so I'd probably say it's Mondesi. It, that's my least favorite with Merrifield coming up behind him.
1: Interesting. I, I, our, it was a good point. Was, there's, this is the round of young, inexperienced players and injury question marks. Um, and then guys like Cattell Marte, it's like, hey, am I going to really invest a, a fourth round pick in you when your whole major league career you've been average? And then all of a sudden now you're a superstar. Um, I, I'm Before we move to round five, I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on um, Cattell Marte.
2: Yeah, I mean, like, listen, the first thing that always pops out to me about Cattell Marte that's going to help you in drafts is the multi-position eligibility, right? Um, th- that's going to be fantastic. I mean, any any inklings whatsoever of regression here uh, are what is going to keep me away from him. Right. He like, even in a full year, I didn't know if I was going to see him hit 30 home runs again, even in a full year. I don't know if I was going to see him hitting above 300 again. It was probably going to be probably in the, in the two nineties or something like that. So at, at this round, if it was a full year, I'd be more interested because he could probably work through some of the things he was going through if he kind of fell off a little bit. Maybe he could compile a little bit more. Um, I mean, he was still, I think, like in the 88th percentile and ex-woba and ex-slugging and expected batting average. But the fact that it's a shortened season makes me so much more weary to take anything that has a, a real high chance of regression. So, um yeah, I'd probably stay away.
1: And, you know, what's interesting is I've seen Um, in some drafts I've done people that have a later fourth round pick will reach for the best reliever. So like a Josh Hader this year where, you know, saves are going to be valuable, or in a regular season um, just because they want to have we play five starters, three relievers. So you can get a surefire. Okay, this guy's the closer. He doesn't have to worry about competition.
2: Uh, I, I I pray to God that I am in a league with those people because I just think <laughs> I just think it's crazy to me like uh, that is it's just I, I don't understand the mentality. I mean, I wrote this piece a little while ago called we're drafting saves wrong because last year more relievers got saves than ever before in the history of the league and you could definitely make the argument of like, yeah, well, it's a truncated season. So guys are just going to go with their guys. I think it's the exact opposite. The the if if all right, I'm playing 30 games, right? And. Uh, it's really important for me to get the win right now. I've got a one-run lead in the seventh inning. Uh, Josh Hader's coming in in the seventh inning. You know what I mean? At this point, they're not going to be precious and wait for him to come in in the ninth and hope that they can maintain it. They're going to probably use him as a fireman a little bit more, especially in my mind if Corey Knievel is healthy again because that's how Hader got this role to begin with. Before that, he was the best fireman in baseball. Um, I don't want to undermine Josh Hader. He's still arguably the best reliever overall, but I, I just think drafting a guy in the top 50 that you're it's just going to get you one category when you can get so many more saves later on is crazy.
1: I also think um, he's far and away ranked the top reliever. Um, he's ranked uh, 10 spots ahead of the next uh, close one, Kirby Yates. But I think year to year, you're seeing these guys who lead the league in saves The following year, whether they're injured, whether they lose their job, uh, whatever reason, they're not finishing the next year as top reliever. Um, So I I think drafting like uh, like Alex is saying, drafting a a reliever this high, I think is just so detrimental to because you you're missing out on a lot of great guys that we're about to touch in round five. So um, I'm on the same page with Alex. I, I think. Taking Just real quick, one
2: one of the top relievers insane. being drafted this year is Liam Hendricks. And and to perfectly prove your point, it has been twelve years since the Oakland Athletics have had back to back saves leaders.
1: Yeah. Oh my God. yeah exactly. do not draft I'm with you. Closer. I don't I I'm a believer <laughs> in taking a closer like round seven, round eight at the earliest. And I think just because we have three in that position, but I'm with you. I like it when other people take it because usually that top person, um, isn't worth their ADP.
2: Correct. Yeah, I agree. But,
1: and I mean, you have, you know, 30 closers. So there's a lot of closers out there and a lot, you know, at least half those guys are probably going to lose their jobs. And when they do, you'll be able to pick up closers off the, uh, the waiver wire, um, you know, guys that can step in and might excel in those roles. I mean, gosh, I, I mean, someone that obviously this year's gonna go a little higher, but Giovanni Gallegos I'm a huge fan of him and uh, you know, he's way down the list. Um and he's he's got the ability where he could yeah, be the number just, one reliever this year.
0: The card, yeah, I was just gonna say I, I think the 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 Cardinals play around with their relievers as much as as much as any other team, like the Rays. The Cardinals haven't They seem to use three or four guys generally every season. Yeah, I I know that there was some talk at a camp that
2: Ryan Helsley was going to end up winning that job, too. Um, So I I just don't know what they're going to do. I mean, I don't know if they're going to say, like, listen, you know, they did it last year with Carlos Martinez. I pray that they just put him back in the rotation. But maybe in a shortened season, they want to go with a four man or whatever. And they say, all right, we're going to go with Carmart, or we're going to go with Alex Reyes or we're going to go with, you know, anyone else. So so I I just don't know that organization is, is very frustrating.
1: They are. Um, no St. Louis Cardinals in round five. We have actually – my this is my personal favorite round of the five. I think there's a lot of good pitching options here. Um, there's a lot of interesting position players, some guys that have upside, some guys that I think are easy to stay away from. Um, so, Alex, who's your favorite guy that you're round looking for five. round
2: okay, five? Okay, so round five is – what is that, pick 49 – I was 40, the last 49. round, yeah. And yeah.
1: this is to me, this is the round. You know when you, you know when you see that that girl
2: <laughs> that has the, uh, the juicy on like, her pants. Like, uh, the those are also around? the girls that usually give you chlamydia. <laughs> so, I, I you, you know, <laughs> so I don't know if you. So I don't know if Kestin Hira is going to give you chlamydia. Yeah, this is the chlamydia is, round for sure. Um, round. Yeah, Keston Hira will be the one to give me my my venereal disease probably. Um, I, I, <laughs> I, I I love what he did last year. Once again, second base is going to be shallow, uh, and after him, there aren't as many second basemen. I'd probably be too interested aside another one who's in this round and DJ Lemayhew because I still think he's going to hit like crazy, and he's in another great lineup that's probably going to be healthy. Um, so yeah, I probably go with with Hira uh, just because that that drop off is so steep second base
1: yeah I um LeMay was one of the guys I really liked and like you had been brought up earlier he's got first second and third base eligibility I mean that's just so yeah without a
2: doubt especially in that lineup
1: um uh one guy I'm looking at here I think where a lot of people Mm. are kind of conflicted Anthony Rizzo what are your thoughts of people are talking about maybe him declining um obviously he's only first base eligible um, he's in a lineup that is, you know, whether he's being talked about being traded just the quality of their lineup kind of getting worse around him. I'm what totally great with him at this at I
2: this point, him. especially in a points league because he's going to compile for you because he's got that great OBP all the time. You know what I mean? This is a guy who had a 405 OBP last year. So mm-hmm. he's going to get on base plenty. He's still going to give you his fair share of home runs. I believe he's going to be batting second behind Chris Bryant, who might not be swinging for the fences as much because he's leading off and maybe just wants to get on base. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I have no problem with Anthony Rizzo. I think that's a great pick there.
1: I think I'm going to take a guess that your least favorite pick. In <laughs> yes, yes, you ex-Orio. would be
2: correct there. Uh, but which ex-Oriole? <laughs> oh, there it is.
1: Oh, you're right. There's two of them. Okay, I'm going to guess it's. Oh, I'm guess no, the one
2: I I uh, I'm going to harken back to the reliever thing and say I cannot take Josh Hader at 56. Um.
1: Oh, Josh okay,
2: Hader was a former oh, Oriole. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think was I don't know really if he had, was a part no of the package idea. that was Gerardo oh. Parra, No, uh, that was the Andrew Miller trade. Yeah, he was sadly. Um, oh, I think it was this one. Uh, was it Carlos Gomez with the one we did with the Astros? Oh, was I totally?
1: Uh, we did a, a uh, an episode a few weeks ago, where we talked about the worst trades of the last decade. Yeah, it, it's decline. brutal. Wow. it's it, it, brutal. It's so tough blocks. to
2: be an Orioles fan. Oh yeah, that's what it was. Oh, it was the it was it was the Bud Norris oh, one. Wow. Bud so, Norris yeah, I mean, and LJ. We sent Bud Norris. We got Bud Norris for LJ Hose and Josh Hader.
1: Josh Hader. Yep, in 2013.
2: And I believe the one that the the Astros really wanted was actually <laughs> LJ Hose. I know.
1: Wow. Well, the, uh, I know it's crazy. I'm just gonna shake my head to that. That's um. So since we talked about Josh Hader already, about yeah. another export, I thought we were going VR. With. Um, <laughs> a guy that's ranked as the fifth yet. That's i, I almost like I'm dead sure it's gonna be VR. Um, what is your what are your thoughts on VR? Who had you know? It's kind of mm-hmm. been all over the place during his career.
2: Um. Is he uh, guy no, and for the, the exact reason, kind of that we brought it before with Cattell Marte. Uh, I don't think there's anywhere near as much volatility with Cattell Marte as there is with Jonathan VR. There's so much volatility there. Um, he's, you know, you're drafting him because you think he's going to get you 40 or 50 or whatever stolen bases, which isn't going to happen in a truncated season. Uh, you know, he's. It, it's funny because, like, listen, the Marlins don't have a great lineup, obviously, but it's actually not terrible where he's hitting he's leading off then you've got anderson Corey dickerson and jesus aguilar that's not the worst thing i've ever heard but this is also a guy who's streaky a guy who's uh you know speed dependent and a guy who's going to be playing center field now uh where injuries are, are much more rampant than if you were you know just kind of standing there at second base so i'm, I'm not really dealing with the headache
1: I also feel like a lot of times when guys switch positions their hitting takes a hit and that they're so focused on playing. Yeah, great, co- defense yeah, great that point. They're not as great point. I them. will
2: say though, man, I was not happy when we traded him at all. Yeah. For nothing. Uh, yeah.
1: he pretty much gave him
2: away. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah. I wouldn't
1: even say it's a trade. Um.
0: that was Alex Fast from Pitcher List. Thanks, Alex, for coming on to the Triple Play Fantasies Baseball Show. We had a really great conversation. We had to cut that off because of some technical difficulties we had with the end of the recording. We thought that the beginning part was so good that we would would put out what we could put out, and uh, we had to scrap the rest. But we hope you all enjoyed that. See you guys next time.